Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. And with me today is Nathan Stuck. And here's a bit about Nathan. He is an award-winning leader in the B Corp community. In addition to his role as the Director of Corporate Culture and Strategic Impact at Ad Victorium Solutions, a certified B Corp, he also founded and runs B Local Georgia, a nonprofit dedicating to growing the number of purpose-driven businesses in the Peach State. Nathan also teaches an experiential MBA course on B Corps at the University of Georgia and is the founder of Profitable Purpose Consulting, which helps for-profit businesses certify as B Corps. He has appeared on multiple podcasts and spoken at events across Georgia and the Southeast. His unique background provides both an authentic and genuine story that resonates with audiences and inspires them and their businesses to be a force for good. So without further ado, please welcome Nathan Stutt, where today we're going to unpack mission-driven businesses, B Corps, and jobs with a purpose. Who doesn't need this information, right? Thank you. It's always, it's always weird to hear your own bio, by the way. It's always fun where you're like, Oh, I guess I do. I am a crazy person. I do, I do do way too many things in the world, but it's all fun. Um, I always joke that, you know, like not only do I have something that I love to get out of bed on Monday for that, I actually, um, I usually end up working on Sunday. That's how excited I am. So um, I feel like if you love what you're doing, um, you can never work too much. Absolutely. Mm. So Nathan, before we jump in, I want you to give us a fun and interesting fact about yourself that obviously I don't know, nor does my community. Ooh, um, so when I was 17, I played uh, played baseball in Germany. I went over for the summer. I found like the old days of the internet where we still did like message boards, uh, or I guess we'll call it Reddit in 1999. Um, <laughs> we, um, I found a baseball team over in Germany and I, and, and I basically went over for the summer. I played baseball for like a third division, whatever you want to call it. I wouldn't even call it semi-pro, but kind of, um, but nobody, nobody was really paid. Everybody just really loved baseball. And, um, and it was perfect. I had taken three years of German. So I went over there, lived there for the summer with, with a couple of the players and my German got really good. Uh, I played baseball all summer and uh, I still visit them all the time. I went back to right before COVID I was over there. And so we went and did horrible karaoke. I embarrassed myself, but it's fun that I still have something that takes me back over there and I visit family and now I have friends to go visit as well. So yeah, played first base and pitched. That is super cool. So how do you say good morning in German? Good morning. Good morning. Did I do good? Did I do yeah. well? Okay. So um, did you, just out of curiosity before we dive in, did you play at a college level baseball? Uh, no, I had offers and then I decided that I, I was not going to be a professional baseball player. And at that point I played travel baseball so long that I was kind of over running stadiums and uh, sand pits and just horrible things at like five in the morning. I was like, 
you know, uh, I had really good grades. I don't need baseball. Like I, I miss it. And there's part of me. I went to UGA uh, baseball game last Thursday as part of a NBA welcome weekend. And there's a part of me that watches and he goes, man, I wish I'd done that. Um, but then there's a part of me that also realizes that I didn't throw hard enough uh, to make it very far. So I just kind of gave up and focused on school and, and honestly went opted for the college experience over the college athlete experience. But there's always that like, what if of like the other side of the fence, could I be coaching now? Could I be, what, what would my life look like? Um, I actually really liked that show that just got canceled. Was it ordinary Joe? Where it was like his, he graduates college and there's like three different things that he does. And so it was like three parallel universes. Um, based off of one decision he made. And I, I think about that often of like, cause I have friends that went on to coach um, that are still coaching college baseball. And then, you know, I have friends that made it to, uh, I had one that made the majors, a couple that made like double a ball, triple a ball. And so there's a part of you that goes, Oh, what if, but I also feel like I always say you're where you're supposed to be. Um, you know, even some of the terrible jobs and some of like the bad luck, you know, that, that I would say happened throughout my career. Um, if it doesn't happen, you're not where you are now. So if you're happy where you are now, be grateful for the decisions you made, be grateful for whatever you want, bad luck, whatever, you know, just storm clouds, whatever you want to call them that followed you for a little bit of your life that put you where you are now. So kind of enjoy, enjoy the journey, even when it's not sunny outside. Absolutely. I always say you could always make lemonade with lemon. So don't don't let it set you back or like I tell my husband I'm like well whatever we didn't get to do we could see if our little bambino wants to do it so <laughs> um so now let's segue into why are you so focused on mission-driven businesses and I know that you have a little bit of both you're in the E quadrant as an employee but then you're also in the B quadrant as a business owner and also entrepreneur. So let's talk about what led you down both of these paths because they are different, but both rewarding. Um, it's, it's a fitting day to talk about, you know, I already made the analogy to storm clouds and it's uh, pouring down rain here. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to get really nasty in the next like 45 minutes, uh, which means I'll have to go rescue my dog who will uh, eventually be hiding in that she goes in the shower for some reason. But anyway, um, she just stands in there. Um, uh, 2013 was my thunderstorm. Um, I had, you know, I had moved to Vegas in 07. So I graduated in 04. I moved to Vegas in 06. My first job was in trucking. I mean, I, it was a great learning experience. I had to learn how to manage people three times my age. I was 21, 22 years old, managing people in their 60s and uh, managing an office staff that reported to me, managing truck drivers that reported to my, you know, like just all these different life lessons that I learned at that job but after a year and a half I burned out um because you want to be great at your first job even though you're like what am I doing why do I dispatch chicken trucks like um <laughs> what am I doing how did I end up here and I, I moved to Vegas I played poker for a little while um decided I liked steady paychecks and not the ups and downs of playing poker professionally so I went to actually work for Enterprise Rent-A-Car for five years so I did two years in rental three years in sales and like towards the end of 2011 or mid, ah, beginning of 2011 I was in a relationship that had ended I so I moved out I had this like I always call it my one bedroom uh depression apartment and then looking back on 2011 you're like that was probably one of the most fun years of my life but I was too sad and in my own like I didn't see the forest for the trees 
Um, but I wasn't selling anything anymore. I'm not a great salesperson. I am a great relationship builder. I'm not a, I'm not a closer. So the writing was kind of on the wall. So I, I moved back to Athens for a job. And 2012 was a great year. 2013, January 2nd, I had all these crazy like New Year's resolutions. January 2nd, we found out our office was closing. So I was like, okay, what are we going to do? The, the parent company's in Iowa. I'm not moving to Iowa. I've been in the Southeast my whole life outside of my little jaunt in Vegas. Um, and I, I just trying to figure out what to do. And the company that had kind of given us the boot was like, well, you guys can come work for us. And, you know, again, you're where you're supposed to be. Do I regret going there? No, because it put me where I am now. But was it awful? Yes. And I mean, we went there and it was just, it was an hour commute both ways. It was just brutal. So I do that. Um, I get everything up and running, basically recreating what we had in our, in our Athens office. I get everything up and running. And as soon as I got it down to like a 45, 50 hour work week, I got pulled in at like three o'clock on a Friday and severance. Um, and then, you know, it was like, I was, I was miserable there. So I was honestly very happy to get a severance. It was one of those where they're like, well, there's no easy way to do this. And you're just like, what? six weeks cool or eight weeks i don't remember what it was i just shook everybody's hand it was like see y'all later um and they escorted me out of the building like why what 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 could i possibly be stealing like these are my books on on my bookshelf in my desk um so i went and and i didn't really plan anything so and i don't expect anybody to know much about athens other than the universities here but from a job search perspective that's all you need to know. Only the university's here. Um, so there's not a lot of like job offers. So I was just like doing home improvement projects. I ripped up carpet, redid hardwoods, painted the front door. And then I was like, oh, my severance is about to run out. So I found myself uh, in the in line at the Department of Labor uh, filing for unemployment insurance, uh, which is not that is a very humbling moment in your life. And then I started to get kind of desperate because you realize that like all those people that are like, oh, unemployment just uh dissuades people from looking for real work and i'm like have you ever been on unemployment do you know how much you get that motivates you to find real work because you're poor um like there's not a lot of money at all and it runs out eventually Absolutely. so I, yeah it is yeah oh i got in a heated debate in the mba program when i was doing my mba i was like raise a hand uh, show of hands who here's actually been on unemployment Okay, cool. Just me. So I'm gonna go ahead and talk about that experience. Um, but yeah, and then I took a couple just I sold used cars for a little while in Atlanta, and then I sold one to some people that I thought it was my dream job. I got my hopes up. I told everybody, oh my God, this is my dream job. I speak German, like they want to move me to Germany, and it ended up being a nightmare. Um, and my breaking point was when they told me that we don't pay you for your thoughts. We pay you to do what we tell you to do. I quit the next day. Um, I've never been, I will never recommend quitting through an email, but that felt right. <laughs> so, um, so all of a sudden I'd had two employers in 10 years and now I'd had four jobs in 18 months and I didn't know what to do. I decided to get an MBA, but I had a year to kill. So now I'm driving. I, I was Athens. I'm Athens first Uber driver. Um, well, I was Athens first Uber driver. I don't drive anymore. And then I picked up some bartending shifts and I was doing minimum wage setup shifts at the convention center. And it opened my eyes to a lot of my coworkers. You know, we, I think they paid us $8 an hour for the setup shifts. And a lot of people I worked with, that was like one of three 20 hour a week, part-time jobs, no benefits that they worked $8 an hour, 60 hours. Of, and so like, it started to flip my, 
my way of thinking about capitalism. And I was like, is this really it? Is this, is this, is this what they're building the new addition to this building based on the fact that they only pay $8 now? Like it just, it didn't sit right. And all of a sudden I had gone from, you know, like, you know, salesman, director of sales and marketing, like all these like lofty, whatever positions to setup shift guy, um, move that table six inches to the right. Okay, you, you're standing right next to it. You could pull it six inches to the right. Oh, you want, okay, I got it. I have to do it. Okay, cool. Um, and seeing that and seeing the way people were treated and I just really burned out on capitalism and I got to the MBA program, um, which is where you should go when you're burning out on capitalism. Why not go get a business degree? Um, and that's when I got introduced to B Corps. I worked on a project. So my start of my second semester, I went to a meeting and there was a project about B Corps and I was like, oh my God, this is capitalism. Like this is capitalism that that makes money in a way that doesn't harm anyone, that leaves communities in a better place, that takes care of employees. That but it's still the same tenets of like, hey, you bring value to the marketplace. The marketplace pays you. You have a product that meets a need. People buy it. It's still the same tenets of capitalism. It just isn't like, hey, if we deregulate everything, people will take care of it on their own. No, they won't. Um, they'll exploit everything and everyone in their way. And it's just kind of a, a refreshing thing to see business owners and businesses and companies look out for everybody and decide that they're going to make money in an ethical way um, that protects everybody. And you, you can still make money. You can still grow. You can still be a good business. You can also just be a good business outside of your P&L. Yeah. So let's um, focus on, you know, the B Corp's um really quick and we're going to dive in we're going to break down the the dictionary definition of what a b corpse is just to put context around that for the listeners and viewers but before i do that i definitely want to um resonate with you because i have had to do unemployment recently um especially coming from the oil and gas industry i was laid off in february um of 2021 and when i went to unemployment i'm like what I was like, is this a weekly payment or what type of payment is this? And I'm like, did you not see the salary I was making? And I'm like, I get all these tax dollars taken. I was just like, no ham, no cheese, no turkey. But it really taught me how to humble myself. And then people are like, are you looking for a job? And I'm like, yeah, I'm looking like I'm not just here sitting on my ass, like, you know, waiting for racks of money to come in. But it definitely teaches you like during that time to really look for ways to really pivot and take those skills that you have and build upon it. Because if you could do that for someone else's business, why not do it for yourself? And I think you just have to have a shift in the paradigm. But sometimes people think that, oh, when you're on unemployment, you're just sitting there just getting these loads of checks and, you know, that you can live off of it. And it's not really comfortable because the amount that you get is nominal. And then sometimes you have to like, you know, look for these jobs and they may not necessarily be the jobs that you want, kind of like to your experience, but you just have to swallow your pride and suck it up. And then back to um, you quitting via email, I was working at this athletic club and spa in addition to my oil oil and gas corporate job. And I remember she was late one day and she was at a like director's level and she didn't have a key. And she pretty much like had a talking to me that I should have been on time or whatnot, but like, I can't just mow people down in traffic, right? 
So then I said, you know what, Rachel, I thought about long and hard what you said. And I, I, I believe that this is not a good fit. So I just sent her a text message and I, was, I said, I'll be there tomorrow to turn in my key because this is not my bread and butter. I'm doing this in lieu of my job because I want fun money to like do my nails, my hair and different stuff. But I don't need this job. This job needs me. But then I had to learn that <laughs> you can't talk to people a certain way. And I said, it goes both both ways, you know? So I just wanted to preface that, that I completely resonate where you were coming from. And it, do, it does suck, but it definitely is a character building experience for anyone who's never been through unemployment. It definitely teaches you a lot, but it also pushes you into your next um, level, in my opinion. Yes, when you're playing whack-a-mole with your bills, because your check doesn't cover all of your bills, you're like, okay, which one's about to hit 90 days past due? You get a payment. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> all right, you, oh, I paid you last month. I'll see you in a couple of months. Yeah, it is a... Um, Again, it's one of those things too. people like people have asked me, why do you network so hard? And why are you always at all these events? And why, you know, like, and I work, I work like yesterday was a rare day for me to not have my computer out until one in the morning. But it's because I never want to stand in that line again. Like, I never want to get to the point where I'm, I'm quitting a job and I, I can't line anything up. I don't have a network. I feel like right now, if I ever got looked fired or wanted to like I could put something on LinkedIn and, and I'd have 10 interviews in a in you know in in a matter of no time at all. So like that's it's it also kind of those hardships make you who you become. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's like would you I, I don't know I go back and forth would you have rather had like a silver spoon and everything been easy or would you rather have gone through the journey you've gone through? And I don't know. I think the journey I've gone through has been pretty I don't want to say it's unique because I think a lot of people go, I mean, we just shared an unemployment story together. Like, I, you know, I think a lot of people go through these, but I don't know. I don't know that I would trade some of what I've gone through because I don't know who I am if I haven't gone through these things. Mm -hmm. And that and going through those things is what led you to the B Corps. So let's unpack that, Nathan. What exactly is a B Corp and what are the pros and cons of a B Corp versus a C Corp and all of that? So B Corps are short for benefit corporations. Um, and then it's in a, in a weird way, it's separate from how you're incorporated. So there is an entity called public benefit corporation that you can incorporate as. Um, I think it's legal in 37 states right now. And that might be out of date. A couple more states might have passed it, but it's 37 states have that legislation. So to certify as a B Corp. So B Corp is a certification that you get from the nonprofit B Lab. You have to have an assessment, the B Impact Assessment. You take it, you have to get to 80 points. And then once you hit 80 points, you go through an audit. Um, and then there's also a legal requirement to certify as a B Corp, because not only do you have to get through the assessment and prove that you're doing business for good, you also then have to uh, amend, you have to legally protect your stakeholders. So you have to put somewhere, so if you're an LLC, you only have to amend your articles of incorporation. So a lot of B Corps are LLCs with amended articles. If you're an S Corp or a C Corp, you have to reincorporate as a public benefit corporation. So, which is, it, and honestly, public benefit corporation, it's basically from a, from a tax standpoint, it's basically a C-Corp. Um, the only difference is there's, if you decide to sell, if you decide to, you can, the way traditional businesses are structured, if you have shareholders or whatever, and there is a, 
you have to do what is in the best financial interest of your shareholders. So if somebody comes along to acquire you or whatever, if it's in the best interest of your shareholders, you can't be like, oh, but what about the fact that we pay $25 an hour and we take care of people? What about um, our environmental commitments that we've made? Like it, none of that matters. It's shareholders over everything. So the, the, once you undertake the legal commitment to certifying as a B Corp, you you can then in that those conversations, you can say, well, what about the wages we pay what about our employees what about our benefits you know if we get acquired or um by this company what are they going to do like maybe we don't want to sell to this company because we don't we don't feel like they'll carry on the legacy of our founders and things like that so it's it's a nice legal protection that's kind of where b-lab started honestly it was the guys who, who founded and one and then when they got acquired they watched and one get just ripped apart and turned into like $20 shoes at Walmart, you know, just some PE firm came in and was like, cool, we can sell these at this. We can make them for this. We can sell them for this. We got a distribution agreement. with, and So like that beautiful brand that and one was for anybody from like the late nineties, early two thousands is just now like literally a $19 shoe you can order at walmart.com. So that's where the, the founders of and one, then we're like next, we need to do something to help other business owners protect their babies. So that's where the B Corp movement really started. And it is, it's, it's, there's five components of the certification. There's a worker section, there's a governance section, there's an environment section, there's a community section, and there's a customer section. So there's some really cool stuff. And, and I've fallen in love with it because I, I think every company, every person's on a journey to become better. And I have yet to find a better framework for facilitating that journey, for kind of sharing the playbook of what a great company looks like. And I like that you learned about this in your MBA program, because prior to the MBA program, you wouldn't have learned about the B Corps and it's uh, the Benefits Corporation. So they are um, liable to one pay benefits, right? The, so what? Pardon me? Are they liable to pay benefits? Oh, um, so, I mean, I would say 99.9% .9 of them have benefits. Mm -hmm. Um You'll find things like part-time benefits are a lot more uh, frequent in the B Corp community. Things like, you know, like health healthcare for a part-time employee, mm -hmm. um, retirement accounts for a part-time employee. Um, but yeah, I would say 90, I mean, you don't necessarily have to to certify because there's a, there's a whole, what I would call a menu of things to get to your 80 points, but chances are, yes. <laughs> And then with the B Corps, I know, um, do the employees have the shares like so they take ownership of the company versus some of the bigger companies, because I think that would also sway employees to mainly look look into a B Corp versus like a traditional. So like, for example, like ExxonMobil, Shell, Chevron, and et cetera, some of those employees don't necessarily have um rights with the company unless they buy the stocks and etc but there are some tech companies that give you equity and different stuff when you sign on from day one um some do not all like the company i work for doesn't but there are a lot of um what are they called uh esops employee stock ownership plans there's um there's some cooperatives that have uh that are certified what well, i'm trying to think of uh was it a uh, Tillamook cheese is one that I know is a cooperative. Um, so yeah, there's, it's, 
it, it, there are more and more B Corps trying to figure out how to do it. And the cool part about that community is that most people are willing to share their playbook. Uh, most people are willing, like I met with somebody yesterday and I, she does B Corp consulting. And I'm like, I can I'll share the templates I use for handbooks and things. And she's like, you're going to share that with me? I'm like, I mean, you can pretty much Google a handbook at this point. But, you know, like just the fact that like she was shocked that I was like, yeah, I'll just share my Google Drive with you. She's like, wait a second. Why? Like, aren't I technically your competition? I'm like, ah, there's enough pie to go around for everybody. So I, you, you see that with some of the things like um, how, how would I go about setting up an employee stock ownership plan? Those types of things that you'll people I mean, there's literally groups in the Beehive, which is the community page, um, the members only kind of community page for B Corps and B Corp employees where like there are threads that are like, hey, we're thinking about doing this. How will we go about it? So but yeah, I mean, I, I tend to think that's the biggest ROI, even though we don't have um, any employee ownership in the company. Mm-hmm. I've seen it at our company because we're the biggest B Corp in Georgia. And I've seen it at, at a lot of B Corps that because of the benefits because of the transparency, because of the purpose people get out of working at B Corps, even, even the non-social enterprise ones, like we do Salesforce consulting. Um, there's nothing, you know, we're not changing the world. We're helping businesses implement Salesforce, but you know, we do a lot of community work. We do a lot of, you know, we're very transparent. We, we listen to our employees. We have a, you know, w- the way we go about our annual survey, like all these things that our people see. And it's like, recruitment and retention have been probably the biggest ROIs we've gotten out of being a B Corp because of the way that we carry ourselves and the, how serious we take our commitment to being a force for good. Okay. And thank you for sharing that. And I do want to be respectful of your time, Nathan. So I'm going to ask you one more question before we go into the wind down period. So whenever you started Profitable Purpose Consulting, what is your mission behind your company? And how does that um, carry over into the whole B Corp schematic? And feel free to rephrase the question if you want to answer in a different way. Um, honestly, it was pure happenstance that I started it. I had somebody reached out to me. Um, it was actually the husband of somebody I had met at a networking event, go networking. Um, and was like, Hey, I'm really interested. I want to certify my business. I was talking to my wife about it. She said, you need to meet Nathan. And then it was like, can I pay you to help us? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And so (laughs) I went to my CEO. I was like, uh, do, how do we want to run this? Like, do we want to run it through the company? Like what? And he was like, why don't you start your own LLC? And that way people can pay you and you can, you know, if, if you can scale it, great. If not, if it just is travel money at the end of the year for you and your wife, great. Um, so that's how it started was literally just somebody going, I want to pay you and me going, uh, how do I accept payments? Uh, so um, I kind of stumbled into business ownership and then, so I had three clients last year. And then this year I just finished kind of um, redoing the website and, and kind of changing my areas of focus a little bit to still help companies certify, but also um, added another option for fractional leadership to go in. And w- the one thing that I've done for, for Advic is that I would say I've done really well is how to take your B Corp certification and really get an ROI out of it, how to use it to tell stories for recruiting, for HR, for retention, for, you know, of what we do and bringing it back to that B Corp certification, how to also then 
put your company on the never ending, I call it the people mover of progress. What isn't that like a Disney ride back in the day? Um, but the people mover of progress of, of like, okay, so we certified now what, um, you know, what are our KPIs around being a B Corp? What kind of community impact are we going to make? What percentage of our revenue are we going to donate? How are we going to track these things? How are we going to embed this into the culture? How are we going to talk about it? Um, starting to be corp steering committee, all these things that I've learned in practice now that I can take to the marketplace and help people kind of figure out, because I think a lot of people get certified as a B Corp and then they go, what do we do with it? Um, and, and, and it's, it's complicated. And I think some companies don't recertify because they, they think that just getting that logo and putting it on the box or putting it on the window is going to get you like customers are just going to go like, holy crap, it's a B Corp. Uh, give me, here's my money. Like, and it's like, no, you still have to, you still have to take on traditional, like those are both marketing degrees behind me. Like the, like he still takes a traditional marketing approach to tell that story um, and to tell it well. And it's tricky to tell the story of doing good um, be, without it seeming like you're like, look at me, I'm volunteering um, versus being like, Hey, look at us living up to our B Corp commitments. Our team was out cleaning up the streets or we were at this community farm and, you know, in, in Metro Atlanta and doing this work and, you know, helping in a food desert, you know, like how do you tell these stories of, of doing good where you're, you're being seen doing good versus doing good to be seen. So I think that's, that's kind of where I've, I've taken it and I'm just excited. I mean, it, it aligns with everything I do between my work with Advic, between um, Be Local Georgia and all the work we're doing, like it just all aligns. And honestly, everything, some of the stuff I'm doing with Be Local Georgia, honestly, will cannibalize a lot of what I'm trying to do with my consulting business, but it's kind of for the good of the whole ecosystem. And I just assume I'll figure out the rest later because um, I'm trying to get B Corp consulting projects going at every school in the state. Um, I have some big meetings coming up, hopefully trying to get into um, the AUC, which is the uh, Atlanta University Consortium, which is the the three major HBCUs in Atlanta, oh, um, nice. and really trying to like work on some DEI initiatives. I mean, Georgia's 33% black and 51% female. So why does our, I can't control venture capital. I can't control a lot of that stuff, but I can control what my B Corp community looks like. So trying to figure out ways to increase um, the diversity of business ownership and also just looking at like the sustainability industry as a whole, I haven't been able to really find statistics on it. Cause I think there's, it would be hard. Cause it's like what just defining it would be hard to search. But I know from experience that it's a lot of people that look like me um, and there's a lot of gender diversity, but there isn't a lot of racial diversity. So, you know, if I can get those projects running at HBCUs, not only am I then helping black led businesses, black owned businesses certify, I'm also introducing sustainability curriculum and B Corps and that whole, for me, what I tell my students at UGA is you're probably not going to work for a B Corp, but you can go to an ExxonMobil or a Shell and be a change agent because now you have this whole playbook. And so you can start thinking about things differently when you get to your day job and you can add value. So anyways, that's kind of my, I don't know, that was a really long-winded answer that took me down a bunch of rabbit holes, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the vision I have for Georgia. I want Georgia to kind of lead the way. Um, not just in a sheer B Corp count number, but also kind of be that beacon of like, this is what business ownership looks like. This is what um, diversity and inclusion and equity actually look like in practice, at least in the B Corp community. So I, I really want us to be the the shining example for the rest of the country to go like, this is, this is, we're doing it here's, and then I can share the playbook. 
Yeah, and congratulations. And I'm glad that your CEO was on the bandwagon and gave you the idea to even start your corporation. Because a lot of times, a lot of CEOs, if they feel like you're going to spend time away from their business and their empire, they're not going to support you. So I just want to congratulate you for all the endeavors that you are working on, Nathan, and really um, with the whole DEI, but let's not forget about B, which is the belonging. But as we uh, wrap up, Nathan, I want you to give your call to action for this segment and then plug your website and where you primarily hang out on social media yeah um my call to action i literally had shirts made a couple of years ago that say take action make progress um i think a lot of people said i, I just had something on linkedin that i, I put out it was like you know, only 25 percent of the country volunteers and i'm trying to figure out why and i think it i still think it comes back to this overwhelming sense of like i don't know where to start and the problems are so overwhelming that it paralyzes us and i also think that it started with the millennial generation and i would say gen z's are somewhat guilty of it too of of it's easier to appear virtuous um to cancel things than it is to do the work um if you cancel something and you abandon it you can never change it it's going to continue being the awful entity that that it is um versus actually going like uh, you know okay i'm you know i'm on this board do i quit the board or do i change it you know it's like trojan horsing like do i go work for this evil empire corporation or do i go in and do as much as i can to make it a better entity than when i got here and i think we need more of that being intentional about the change we want to see um you know i mean even me i'm talking like this white guy in georgia talking about like my dei my crazy visions but also knowing that like there are people doing the work. So figure out where you can plug in. How can I help? Where can I do? What can I connect? I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to, I didn't invent the wheel. I'm not, you know, and I'm not going to try to take over the work for uh, that other people have been doing, but maybe I have a connection. Maybe I can help. Maybe I can donate money. Maybe I can go volunteer an hour. Maybe like, how do I become a part of the change they're trying to create? Because I'm passionate about it. So in all realms, if it's litter prevention, if it's recycling programs, if it's, you know, saving the world, if it's DEI, whatever it is, go do something, go do anything. Anything's better. One hour of service is better than zero hours of service. And you're not going to change the world just being mad about it. So yeah, I think the same is true for businesses. Even if you're not looking to certify as a B Corp now, take the assessment, see where you're at, get a baseline, figure out where you can improve, set a goal for next year. Hey, next year, we're going to do 1% of revenue. We're going to spend in volunteer time in our community. We're going to give people a week of volunteer time. We're going to do that. It's going to cost us this much. Let's put the money aside. Let's go ahead and plan for the revenue hit and let's do this. Um, versus just going like, well, we'd really like to be better, but we don't know where to start. So just start, just start somewhere. Anyway, that's my, that's my <laughs> half of it's a rant and half of it's a call to action, but yeah. Uh, take action, make pro progress. Take action and make progress. Love it. And then your website and where you primarily hang out on social media, Nathan. Yes. Yeah, so uh, if you're in the business for a good Salesforce implementation, it's advic.com, uh, A-D-V-I-C. Um, if you're in the business for some, uh, if you're in the market for some B Corp consulting or some uh, fractional cultural leadership, it is ProfitablePurposeConsulting.com. I did not think about how long of a website that was when I bought the domain, but it is what it is now. Um, hence why we just bought Advic.com because it was AdVictoriumSolutions.com. So anyway, um, Advic.com, ProfitablePurposeConsulting.com. Um, also, all my like podcasts and speaking things are up there too if you need to if you're in the market for a speaker. Um, and then my pretty much my only social media 
although I keep flirting with TikTok. Um, it's, I keep saying I'm going to do it. Um, uh, LinkedIn. So it's linkedin.com slash Nathan A. Stuck. Uh, if you see a, a guy with a beard, probably in a B Corp shirt. I think my little thing beneath my thing says talks about hashtag B Corp and hashtag UGA. Um, that's me. So anyway, but feel free to connect. Um, I don't know. That's what LinkedIn, the power of LinkedIn. I've done business with people I've never met in person thanks to LinkedIn. So I think it's an underrated and overlooked tool for building business, building personal brands, all of that. Amazing. And there you have it, listeners and viewers. You just heard Nathan Stuck. We talked about B Corps, mission-driven businesses, and et cetera. Make sure you connect with him. All of his contact information will be in the show notes. So you can plug in with him and learn more about B Corps and how you can level up in that arena. Until we chat next time, make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms and follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video content. We're also in the business of looking for brand ambassadors and brand sponsors for Gems Podcast, where we are ranked in the top 3% globally per www.listennotes.com. And your monetary contributions and donations are greatly appreciated. Find out more at genesisamariskemp.net. And until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Go be great and tap into the corpse. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor So please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.